Sometimes you just need a little encouragement. Am I right? Look, I get it. Life is messy and there are so many things that can keep us feeling stuck or overwhelmed in our everyday life. I want you to know that you're not doing this alone. So, welcome to Chasing Wonderment. This is a podcast designed to help you get unstuck, learn how to shift your mindset, and get some encouragement from your internet bestie. That's me. Okay, you ready? Let's start Chasing Wonderment. Hello, 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 and welcome back to yet another episode of the Chasing Wonderment podcast, which is currently less consistent than I would like it to be, (laughs) which I feel like is really ironic considering our theme this month. Okay, so backstory. Um, I am in process of working on a women's conference for our church, and it is actually, um, well, at the time of this recording, it is this weekend. When you hear this recording, it will have been this past weekend. Um, So I last week realized that I just had so much on my plate so many things on my to-do list and there was not going to be time for the podcast recording. There just wasn't. And um, at first I was really frustrated and just kind of beating myself up because I was like, oh my goodness, you need to do it every week. You need to be consistent. And then I remembered that I need to practice what I preach, (laughs) which means sometimes you got to let it be messy. And sometimes you got to give yourself grace. And this was one of those times when I realized it's time to give myself grace. And it is time to understand that the world will not end if I do not record a podcast. So I did not kill myself. And I went to bed at a semi-decent hour. And um, I just let it go. And the other kind of ironic piece to this puzzle is that um, I had only had ideas for three episodes, but there were four weeks this month. So I tend to think that that was God just saying, hey girl, I I already knew this was coming, so you only had three options. <laughs> three ideas, that's it. Um, so all that to say, thank you for being patient with me as I am um, imper... Or, imperfectly consistent. I don't know how else you would want to say that, but um, that is that is how this works, right? I mean, sometimes life does not go as planned, and we can choose to feel bad about it, feel like a failure, um, get discouraged, get frustrated with ourselves, or we can learn to accept the fact that sometimes it's messy, and that's okay. Okay, so We are wrapping up our series on consistency, and I want to start this episode out with you understanding, yet again, the thing that I say all the time, I don't have it all figured out. Honestly, I really struggle with consistency. I have struggled with consistency for years. Consistency in many aspects of my life has been um, something on my goals list, on my to-do list. Um, It's been something I've been working on for like a decade now. So when I say I struggle with consistency, I don't just mean like, oh yeah, sometimes I make mistakes. No, no, no. I mean, I have been attempting (laughs) to be more consistent for a very long time. (laughs) Um, And I want to talk about... um, Today, I want to kind of dive into how I am working on my own personal consistency. 
what that has looked like, what that does look like for me right now in the middle of a messy life and a busy life and a lot of things on my plate, um, in the middle of feeling like or understanding that I am someone who does not, um, who consistency does not come naturally to. So that is what I want to want to dive into in this last episode is kind of taking all these things that we've been talking about when it comes to consistency and letting you into my own life and um, just letting you see kind of the the other side. My hubby just pulled in so there's like a really loud truck outside. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to my own journey with living consistently, one of the first kind of pieces to the puzzle for me was to learn more about me. Um, I spent a long time feeling like a failure, feeling like there was something wrong with me, feeling like I was just all kinds of messed up or um, that for some reason I just couldn't get my life together. And when I began learning about personality typing, and specifically about my personality types, Um, and then also potentially ADHD may play a role in there. I've not been diagnosed, but I have like every symptom, so I don't care about having a label. That's not the point of any of the personality typing. The point is that it gives us a better understanding of how we work as human beings, how we act, why we react the way that we do. Um, And that was definitely the biggest help for me in learning my own personality. Um, So on the Myers-Briggs, I am an ENFP. That means I am extroverted, I am perceiving, I'm a feeler, and I'm very perceptive. Um, So I am a big picture thinker. Basically, I like to tell people my personality typing shows that I'm a hot mess with a side of crazy. (laughs) I am very extroverted, I'm a very big picture thinker, and I see all of the options. So on the Enneagram, I am an Enneagram 7. Again, someone that's a big picture thinker. They love adventure. They love newness. They love exciting things. They're the enthusiast. They're always looking for exciting things. So when I began learning about my personality and about these quirks that come with who I am and who I've been created to be, um, I realized that the way that I've been created is not necessarily um, prone to enjoying schedules. And what a lot of people say on the Enneagram 7 scale, or on the side of the Enneagram 7s, is that they feel like they're dying inside when they have to do the same things over and over again. And it felt honestly like such a relief to realize that I'm not alone. To realize that there are other people out there that really struggle with consistency, with schedules, with routines. It's not just that there's something wrong with me. It's that I have been created in a really unique way. And this is kind of like that thorn in my side that I have to learn how to work around. That I have to learn how to hack myself, hack my personality, hack the way that I am created to be so that I can accept and create structure and routine in a way that works for me. See, as an Enneagram 7, as an ENFP, um, possibly ADHD, I don't know, the labels don't matter. As someone who loves new ideas, who loves visionary things, who looks at the big picture, who's always looking for excitement and who can find joy in a lot of life, sometimes the mundane 
the daily, the consistency, the schedules make me feel trapped. And when I've told people this, that scheduling comes naturally to, they kind of look at me with like this glazed look, like, what, what do you mean? They, they don't understand. Um, so you may not understand. <laughs> but if you're someone that struggles with consistency, maybe this is hitting a chord with you. Um, as someone who loves newness, the steadiness of something consistent is not joyful. The problem with that is that when it comes to creating a lifestyle that lights me up, often that that cre- that creativity of creating that lifestyle, that need to create that lifestyle, includes a large portion of consistency. Like I need to have consistency in my life so that I can live the lifestyle that I want. And this is where the rubber meets the road for me. This is where it gets really tricky. Okay, because I know this about myself, this can be really helpful in many ways. One, it helps me appreciate the gifts that I have been given. I have been given massive visionary, big picture thinking. This is a gift. If someone comes to me with an idea, I am the first person to be like, oh, let's run with it. Let's talk about it. Let's get ideas. Let's write it on paper. Let's, let's, go crazy with this really exciting idea and see the possibilities. I love that. I love being able to encourage my people and help them think bigger and dream bigger dreams. Like that, it gives me life. On the flip side of this, it also makes me very aware that there are there are negatives to the positive. So while I'm great at big picture thinking, I also really struggle with the details. I struggle with the daily. I struggle with the boring, if you will. And so I have to find ways to make the boring, mundane, daily stuff work for me. And that is what I have typically struggled with when it comes to consistency. I've struggled with consistency with chores, with eating right, with um, doing daily things that need to be done every single day. Those are the things I really struggle with when it comes to consistency. Um, I want to be really clear here. I am not trying to say or allowing myself to use my personality as an excuse. It is not an excuse for me to say, okay, well, this is just how I am, blah, 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 blah. I'm never going to be consistent and then write it off as a lost cause. That's not the goal of this. The goal of this is now that I'm aware, now that I understand why I react the way I do to consistent habits, now that I understand why I struggle to be consistent, now that I understand the underlying like causes and issues that are going on, that helps me to learn then how to be more consistent, how to find ways to do things consistently in a way that works with me and with my personality, not against me and against my personality. So this is why personality typing has been so, one of the many reasons why personality typing has been so insanely helpful for me is because it kind of lets you look at yourself from the outside. It's like you're on the outside looking in and you're like, oh yeah, I do do that and this is why and it makes sense now. It like helped me understand and explain it to myself and then that also gave me a lot of ways to talk to my hubby and so I would talk about it with him and say like, okay, I I know this is why. Like this kind of makes it clear now. This is why I'm struggling with it. Now, can you help me see another option? 
Um, maybe there's something I'm missing or maybe it just reveals it and you don't need to talk to anybody. But it has been so, so, so helpful. So if you are interested in that at all, highly, highly recommend learning about your personality type, whether it's the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram. Um, 16personalities.com is my favorite Myers-Briggs test. And then the Enneagram, I do not recommend taking a test. Go to the Enneagraminstitute.com and just search the nine types and see which ones sound the most like you. Okay, so that has been the biggest thing. It has been such a massive help to me in so many areas of my life, including consistency, is learning about myself. The next thing that has been really helpful is Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. She has a quiz that you can take, um, just Google Four Tendencies quiz, Gretchen Rubin. Um, And there are basically four different types of people. And the idea behind this um, Four Tendencies um, theory is that each type of person reacts and is more productive based on a certain kind of uh, set of rules. So I am an obliger rebel, and what that means is that I tend to accomplish things, do things, if someone else, an outside source, is expecting me to do it. I will oblige someone else's needs. Um, This can be a very helpful thing to know because as an obliger, I can set up outer expectations in ways that work with my personality, in ways that work for me, and it will push me to accomplish the thing that I say I'm going to accomplish. So I have done this with working out. I'll go on Instagram and say, I'm going to work out later on today, or I'm getting ready to, to do my workout. That is actually a sneaky tactic to get myself to accomplish something, because when I do that, I'm instantly telling basically the whole Instagram world that I'm getting ready to work out. And if I don't do it, I've broken my word. So that is really helpful. Um, The Enneagram mom on Instagram, um, she actually has posted something really fun. She will post, tomorrow I have to get up at 7 a.m. If I don't get up at 7 a.m., I'm sending one of you $10. Or I'm sending a Starbucks gift card to a random follower. And that is her way of creating some um, some accountability with that obliger personality because she is naturally she naturally tends to oblige what other people expect of her then she has actually sent some random person ten dollars because she didn't get up at the time she said she was going to get up it also puts some skin in the game by the way um, because she's gonna be out money if she doesn't do the thing that she said she was gonna do and I just love that that's a really fun way to hack your personality um, although it's less fun if you have to keep paying people $10. (laughs) Um, This has really helped me. Um, The rebel part of my personality is what I have to watch out for. Again, there's that Enneagram 7, that free-spirited, adventure-loving, loving the new things, and not liking to feel tied down. That is that side coming out. So that rebel, if I if I overdo the outer expectations, if I put too much um, emphasis on what other people want me to do, or put too much accountability on the outer expectations, then my rebel side will kick in and I don't want to do anything. Um, So I have to really walk a very fine line there. And that's just That's just a quirk of my personality that I have had to learn how to work around and deal with and learn self-control in. Um, And again, I'm still working on all of this. 
Okay, so the next thing that can be super, super helpful, and this has been a total game changer for me, but again, I have to use it in moderation because of who I am as a person. This is habit stacking. Habit stacking is so insanely cool. It's so helpful. Um, And I have seen a lot of growth in consistency with this tool. So the idea of habit stacking is that you already have habits, right? Like we all do certain things at certain times of the day. Even if you're like me and you don't like a lot of consistency, there are still some things that I do at the same time or the same... um, area of space and time. It might not be at eight o'clock every morning, but I do it every morning regardless. Um, Like brushing your teeth or making your coffee. So the idea of habit stacking is that if you have something that you want to do, you stack it either before or after something you're already doing. And like I talked about a few weeks ago, I did this with flossing my teeth because I always forgot and was annoyed at flossing my teeth and then I would just avoid it and it's, you know, I'm, I'm honest here. So that's how it is. It's, life is weird and gross and that's <laughs> that's something I struggled with. So what I, do- what I did was I habit stacked it with brushing my teeth. And I told myself I could not, was not allowed to brush my teeth unless I flossed first. Guess what? I floss like pretty much every single day. It's it's without fail. I will floss because I don't like not brushing my teeth. It feels gross and I don't like it. So I will floss and then I can brush my teeth. That simple tip changed the game when it came to consistency for me. It has helped so much. So when it comes to habit stacking, um, if you're looking to incorporate something new into your life, what I would suggest is you start with one thing, and I mean like one tiny little thing, like flossing for me. Um, It took me months to feel like that is second nature. And it is second nature now. It is something that is so um, basic to me But it took me months to have that become second nature. Another thing that I tried for a little while, and I'm not doing it anymore because I have kids and they do it now, um, was when I make my coffee every morning, I was emptying out the dish drainer. It was really, really helpful and it was actually working, but I have... The kids are getting older and they empty the dish drainer for me. So I I delegated that task instead of taking more on myself or keeping it for myself. So now every morning the kids empty the dish drainer and um, I don't have to worry about it anymore. (laughs) But the idea is with habit stacking that you are linking two things together and then you're doing it consistently. Maybe you miss a day here and there and that's okay. But you're doing it consistently enough that with time, those two things become second nature for you to do together. Whether it's before or after that other thing that you already do, brushing your teeth, um, washing your face at night, or um, putting your purse in the same place every time you come home. Um, any, any little habit like that, if you can attach something else to it that that you really want to accomplish but you keep forgetting. Those little things can go such a long way when it comes to having more consistency in your life. Okay. We're going to we're going to switch a little bit from the more practical tactics to some mindset stuff because I can't help myself. We always have to go there. Uh, mindset is everything, right? <laughs> okay, I was wrestling with what to call this, um, but I finally decided to call it bite-sized, like taking 
bite-sized pieces. And again, this can kind of link to habit stacking, but often we we get in this idea that if I can't do it all, then I'm not going to do it. And I guarantee you've seen this in your life, whether it's something about um, changing your la- your diet. Like, we've all done the quick fix diets. I would never recommend those. I'm very anti-diet. Um, they don't they don't work. But um, you, you think, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to change my nutrition, however you want to word that. And then you do it for three days, and you fall off the wagon, right? Because we all do. We all eat too many cookies. Or you go somewhere, and you're like, oh, I'll have that thing that... Um, that I, you know, is not on the list of of approved foods or whatever you want to call it. And then because you have already like messed up, we'll put that in air quotes, our brain has that all or nothing mindset shift. And when it get when you get to that point, it's like, well, I've already done this, so what what does it matter? I'll just eat half the pint or half the container of ice cream tonight because I've already messed up and I'll start again next week. That is all or nothing thinking. And all or nothing thinking is so difficult to break. And I say that with all the honesty in the world because I've been working on breaking it for a year, two years at least, um, since I've learned about it. And um, it's still something that I wrestle with um, because, again, those, those neurons in our brain just love to go back to those easy pathways. And all or nothing thinking is very easy. So this can play out in chores. What I have noticed in myself is I believe in my brain that I have to fold the entire load of laundry at one time. And what happens is I build up dread for it and I get really overwhelmed because I might not have time to fold the entire load of laundry and I think, oh, I'll do it later. Well, guess what? Later doesn't happen because life is busy and we wash another load of laundry and then we dry it and then we put it on top of the other pile. Now I have two piles of laundry to fold and it's bigger and it feels even more overwhelming and I put it off for, you guessed it, longer. (laughs) What is amazing to me is if I nip that all-or-nothing thinking in the bud and I think of it as bite-sized pieces, no, I might not be able to fold the entire load of laundry in one sitting, but I bet while the kids are coloring a picture for their school, I can fold four or five things, just a few washcloths, just the towels, let me just get the towels taken care of. I bet while um, while we're waiting for dinner to finish cooking, I can go hang up a couple shirts. The amazing thing is, is when we when we start to recognize the all or nothing thinking, we start to see those patterns showing up in our lives, and we start to talk back to them in our heads and think, okay, so maybe I can't do the all the whole thing, but but what? How much can I get done? What can I do in the next five minutes? What if I set a timer for 10 minutes and I see how much of the dishes I can get done? And in 10 minutes, the the most amazing thing happens. You find out that you can get so much more done than you thought possible, number one. And number two, often there's only a few left and you're like, oh, I could just finish those real quick. And guess what? Your dishes are done. It makes such a massive difference when it comes to consistency in your life. Put it with exercise. Say you want to exercise, but you're like, well, I have to do a whole 30 minutes. I have to do a whole hour. Guess what? What happens if you get on your mat for 10 minutes? You know what happens? You get on your mat for 10 minutes and you're like, man, that felt really good. I really enjoyed that. It wasn't much, but it was enough. And you have a little more energy. And the next day, you're not dreading it. You're looking forward to it because it's only 10 minutes and 10 minutes is doable. 
And maybe the next time you're like, oh, 10 minutes. I have, I have five more minutes. I can do 15. Before you know it, you've built a habit of little bite-sized pieces of consistency that are adding up over the long term, all because you're starting to recognize that all-or-nothing thinking that is such a trap. It is such a trap because it's really designed to keep you stuck. That's all it does. All-or-nothing thinking keeps you stuck because you think you have to tackle the whole thing all at once, and if you don't have time, you immediately tend to put it off. Or you feel like a failure because, you know, I can't do it all, or you have all of it lumped all together and it's just a giant jumble in your head that's... I speak from experience. (laughs) All or nothing thinking is the opposite of consistency. It's all there is to it. It is the opposite of consistency because it leaves us in this cycle of attack it all at once. We have to do it all at once. And even if we do accomplish it all at once, we eventually will hit this point where we can't because we were overwhelmed or we're tired or it just doesn't fit in the day. And then you feel like a failure and you just bottom out to the bottom. That's I call it yo-yoing because it's like you're high and then you're low and then you're high and then you're low. Um, And it's also, side note, it's hidden in perfectionism. All or nothing thinking is actually perfectionism. And perfectionism is the death of consistency because if you can't do it perfectly, then why do it at all? That is the root of all or nothing thinking or they're tied together. They're all tangled up. Um, So what happens when we get stuck in that is I have to do it perfectly or I'm not going to do it at all. Instead of what if I take a bite-sized piece? What if it's not perfect, but I just take a little bite-sized piece out of this and maybe it's not the whole thing and maybe it's not done right. Maybe it's not done exactly how I want it to be done. But guess what? You're one little step closer. That is the beauty of taking bite-sized pieces out of consistency. So starting small and taking little tiny pieces out. Don't try to do everything all at once. Don't try to change your whole life at once. We all tend to do that. We want to make changes. It's like the new year and and you make all these New Year's resolutions and then you get really frustrated and everybody quits on like February 4th or whatever that statistic is. The statistics are astronomical. It's because we're trying to take too much off on our plates we're trying to take too much on at the same time words are hard right now apparently um so bite size bite size bite size bite size one little thing at a time even with habit stacking if you want to try it take one little thing don't try to change all of the things in your life all at the same time do one little thing one little thing okay and the last mindset shift that I want to leave you with today this is a doozy this one can change your life literally it has changed mine in pretty much every aspect that I have struggled with when it comes to consistency and it's directly tied to that all or nothing thinking so like I said we have that idea that um if we can't do it all or we can't do it perfectly then why try or we try we get ourselves really motivated and hyped up and we're all excited to try this new thing that can change our lives forever whatever um and then when it when we fail we'll put that in air quotes when we fail or we mess up or we make a mistake or we miss a day we feel like we failed and then we plummet to the bottom right that's the yo-yo And then it takes all this work to hype ourselves up and get up to the top again. And then we're on top of the world for a few days. And then we mess up and we fail and we plummet again. I have lived that cycle for so long. This mindset shift can completely change that. 
Like, it is so, so different. And it's so good. All right, I want you to be in it for the long haul. Let me explain. (laughs) When you are in it for a long haul mindset, when you are committed to whatever area of consistency, maybe it's all the areas of consistency that you're struggling with or one that you really see coming back into your life over and over again and you're really frustrated with it, if you choose to decide that you are in this for the long haul, you are going to work on this area of consistency or all the areas of consistency for as long as it takes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It could be five months. It could be 50 years. It doesn't matter. If you are in it for the long haul, the yo-yo effect turns from a yo-yo into mountain, into little, into little molehills. We're turning mountains into molehills here because what happens in your brain is that instead of beating yourself up for, air quotes, failing because you missed a day or you messed up, you realize, okay, this didn't work. And because this didn't work, this is an opportunity. This is not a failure. This is an opportunity to decide, okay, why didn't this work? Now we're coming at it from a completely different perspective. Why didn't it work? Is it because I'm putting too much pressure on myself? Is it because I literally took on more than I can chew and I need to give myself grace right now? Is it because I'm struggling in this other area of my life? Is it because I tried something new and it just didn't work? It didn't work for my personality or for my day or for the way that I like to live my life. When you adopt a long haul mindset, Everything when it comes to the yo-yo, that high and low cycle that we get ourselves in because we get, we try to hype ourselves up and we're going to change our lives, we're going to do all these things and we get really hyped up about it and excited and then when we fail, you, you plummet to the floor and you feel like an absolute failure and then you have to work really hard to get yourself back up again. Guess what? The plummet doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Because when you adopt a long-haul mindset, it does not matter to me if I am still working on consistency when I am 99. It does not matter. Because I am in this for as long as it takes me to find ways that work for me, for my personality, that work with my lifestyle, that work with me in order to create the life that I want. I'm in it for as long as it takes. And that means that on the days that I don't get it right, I don't plummet to the floor and feel like an utter failure. I don't. It's it's so much better. Instead of that massive plummet, sure, I might get discouraged or frustrated. I might need a day. Like I have definitely had times where I'm just like, you know what? I know that this is not the end of the world, but I feel like a failure or I'm really mad about this or I just feel like a hot mess and I need to like kind of just grieve. I need to mourn. I need to have a good cry, whatever that looks like. Um, There are definitely days that it derails me, but it doesn't derail me for as long as it used to because now I hit that point where I realize something's not working or it didn't work or I feel like I failed and I'm like, okay, why? Because now I'm looking at it with this aspect of I'm in this for the long haul 
the the downward slope or the the days where I'm inconsistent are coming. I know they're coming. I'm already expecting them because that's part of life. And instead of that feeling like a failure, beating myself up, having to pull myself out of the gutter because I've just torn my mindset to shreds, now I'm thinking, okay, I made a mistake or I didn't get that right. Um, what's what's shifted? What happened? Maybe I tried to habit stack and I'm trying to habit stack too many things at once. Maybe I'm trying a new routine, a new schedule, a new rhythm, and it's just not working. So I need to recalibrate and readjust instead of spending two or three or four or five days feeling like an utter failure because I can't, air quotes, be consistent. Again, we need to redefine consistency like I talked about um, two episodes ago. And... And instead of that, now we're looking at it with this outward perspective and this, it it completely changes your perspective. I don't know how else to say it. It completely changes your perspective on how consistent you are. It gives you a chance to be more um, logical, to be more kind of perceptive about what's going on and why it happened. And it gives you a chance to breathe and then you can get back onto the on the saddle. It's like, it's like this opportunity to stop. This mindset shift gives you an opportunity to stop and think before you plummet to the ground. That's what this mindset does. Okay. Because when you are in it for the long haul, it doesn't matter how many times you fall. You have already decided that you are getting back up again. And that's what that's what makes this mindset shift so helpful because it doesn't matter if you made a mistake it doesn't matter if you messed up it doesn't matter if you suck at trying to figure this out you have already decided that you are getting back up again and it makes it that much easier to get back up it really does this mindset shift is everything it has changed the game for me it is so powerful it has helped me so much I can't I, I know I'm getting real loud, but I can't say it enough. It's so good. All right. That is all. This was a doozy of an episode. It went a little longer than I was anticipating. So thanks for hanging with me. Um, but I really hope that this was encouraging. I hope that it was helpful. If something really stuck out to you, please reach out to me. Send me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email. Um, Kate at ChasingWonderment.com. I'm over on Instagram at ChasingWonderment. I would love to hear from you. And if you need a personalized mindset shift, please send me a note. I would love to schedule a free session with you. Again, they are free. It's half an hour of my time. And um, we just sit down and chat and I listen. It's not a sales pitch. I just want to get to know you and get have a chance to encourage as many women as I can. So if you need some help with consistency, if you need a listening ear, if you need a mindset shift so you're not constantly putting yourself in the gutter when you feel like you failed, please reach out to me. I'm here for you and I cannot wait to encourage you. All right, that's it for today, friends. Keep chasing wonderment and have a great week. Hey there, if you really enjoyed this podcast, I was hoping you would take a second to let me know. Come follow me on Instagram at Chasing Wonderment and just send me a DM and tell me how much you enjoyed it. I so appreciate it and I would love to get to know you.